thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown army to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and can now explain the meaning of Lachi Bolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business suit that Bangtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents because one thing we know is that the content just keeps on coming. The synopsis I got off of Amazon. Oh, okay. This story is, in short, about a monster meeting another monster. One of the monsters is me. Yoon Jae was born with a brain condition called alexthemia that makes it hard for him to feel emotions like fear or anger. He does not have friends. The two almond-shaped neurons located deep in his brain have seen to that, but his devoted mother and grandmother provide him with with a safe and content life. Their little home above his mother's used bookstore is decorated with colorful post-it notes that remind him when to smile, when to say thank you, and when to laugh. Then on Christmas Eve, Yoon Jae's 16th birthday, everything changes. A shocking act of random violence shatters his world, leaving him alone and on his own. Struggling to cope with his loss, Yoon Jae retreats into silent isolation until troubled teenager Gon arrives at his school and they develop a surprising bond. As Yoon Jae begins to open up his life to new people, including a girl at school, something slowly changes inside him. And when Gon suddenly finds his life at risk, Yoon Jae will have the chance to step outside of every comfort zone he has created to perhaps become the hero he never thought he would be. So, what... I have this question just because I've never like read the first couple pages of a book and have been immediately like into the book. Mm. So what did you think about the opening of this book? I thought it was very good. It was very, for as short of a book it is, I feel like it needed to have that like grab you immediately intro first couple of pages. And then it like, it went pretty quick. It it didn't slow down. I never felt there was a a time in the book where things were dragging. The author kept up that like engagement with the reader, kept moving everything forward pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I, it the first couple pages just totally got me into the story, and before I knew it, I had already finished like part one. This mm-hmm. book is broken up into four parts, and it's about two hundred and fifty pages. But you wouldn't even realize that like you don't even realize how long the book is just because it moves so quickly which is what I really liked about it um but at the same time it packs such a punch that like Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's a short story it feels like it's a very involved story about Yoonji Yoonjae but it's told in such a fashion that you just like real I mean I think I finished this book in three days Mm -hmm. um and I will say also download the Audible because there were things going on. I was driving around town and like going grocery shopping and things like that. And so I did listen to it on Audible as well. And mm-hmm. it was the narrator was excellent. And his tone, he just really like fit the character in the way that he did his tone because he was able to read the story without inflecting any emotion as we, you know, come to learn that Yoon Jae doesn't have that in him to like 
inflect that emotion. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that part was really interesting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've read it twice now, and both times have been audiobook version. I haven't read it like with my eyeballs, just with my ears. So. Yeah, but wouldn't you say like the guy that um, did the like narration just did a really good job? Like mm-hmm. he was able to capture that um, in a way that I don't know that everybody could because yeah. I'm reading it and I'm emotional. You know what I mean? So if I'm reading it out loud, I probably would have read it with emotion, which the character doesn't have any. So I just thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very well done. Wow. So when we um, went on to Instagram to kind of do our Instagram um, book club that we, you know, started in January, um, I asked this question in part one, Yunji has confusion about being called a monster affectionately by his grandmother. How have you experienced negative endearments in your own life? Um, my, my grandma used to call me uh, plain Jane because my middle name is Jane and Beansy, which isn't a negative. It's she called me Beansy because I flopped around like a beanbag uh, doll. Um, and those, I think that like in hearing my grandma's voice calling me plain Jane um the like just the endearment and the love that she would say that with um is how I always heard his grandma calling him little monster um because she you know just the great affection that both his mom and his grandma had for him and the love that they had um would come through even if he didn't hear it or see it how about you I agree with that like I kind of love that she told him you're a little monster or she would refer to him as her little monster um because I feel like he knew he was different and she knew he was like she knew he was different but she also knew the world knew that he was different and like labeling him a monster confused him but also he was kind of like, well, I get that because I'm not like everybody else. And it, like you said, it wasn't negative. Um, my, my negative um, endearments are just that I'm really loud all the time. I get that no matter where I am. You're so loud. <laughs> I, I am. Um, and I had learned a long time ago just to accept that part about myself and not let it bother me because I am um, and I get really overexcited um, about things. And so I'm usually the loudest person in the room, especially when something exciting is happening. So um, and now it's just an kind of an affectionate thing. Um, I mean, I think that we all kind of get like backhanded comments sometimes. Mm. Um, And I don't know that this was a really backhanded comment. I just think that that's kind of how she like referred to him, how she loved him and loved every like every little bit about him um and I like the way in the story how it kind of unfolded that his mom had to like and his grandmother too but his mom really had to get to know him Mm -hmm. um once they kind of got the diagnosis and the steps and the lengths that she went to to really understand him um and I'm a mom and that's something incredibly hard to do Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's such a challenge. You have these little humans and you really expect them to be like you and like you, like you're almost like predicting like how the outcome is going to be. And they're like nothing like you. They're just their own person. And while you may have some traits that are similar, they really are their own little humans. So you do 
have to get acquainted with like a whole little person. Um, and I like really can't imagine what that was like for her. They didn't really go into it in the book, but I can't imagine what that was like for her when he was very little and he wasn't really communicating. Um, cause that's a whole nother ball game in itself. So I really love that part. Um, and how it was written that she really did, um, take the time, um, to really get down on the floor with him and try to explain like emotion. Um, and mm-hmm. some of that was kind of funny because I feel like even parents of children that don't have this, um, disability or, you know, that's going on with our brain. Like sometimes you do have to explain emotion, <laughs> like other people's emotions to humans. And like, you do sometimes have to get down on the floor with them and say, Hey, like we can't do this or we can't say this or, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I like that. I really liked how they really explored that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So well, I- that just makes me think and maybe I'm jumping the gun. We're not talking about things in order, but like the way that she would do that for him and leave notes about emotions and here's how to respond and role play with him. So he knew how to um, respond in different situations. Then like she did that every day for 16 years, you know, to help him navigate the world the best that he could. And then spoiler alert, when she's, you know, in the coma, like he shows up for her every single day and he, you know, helps roll her and he helps take care of her. And just the things that she did showed him all of that, like love and attention through action. So, yeah. And like, almost like in service of, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and there's like different ways to show like love through service. And I think that was probably really important for his development too, because it also taught him how to do that for other people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of emotion. Um, Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was really interesting too. Mm -hmm. Well, it just makes you going back to his grandma calling him little monster. It makes you like, and they explore this throughout the book, but like, what is a monster? Like, why was he the monster if he couldn't feel emotions? But, you know, the other people that were acting and committing horrible acts of violence, you know, sure would might be labeled by monsters by society. But, you know, he was the one that we were seeing that label through the whole book um, and just how his classmates and people around responded to him and did treat him like a monster because he didn't have the same like emotional processing. And yeah, so that was interesting. I did like the book a lot more the second time I read it. Yeah. And I was, I agree. Cause I, it was not that I was surprised, but I just felt like, um, at the look into that, uh, especially when we're looking at his teenage years, you know, his school age years were really hard, but then, you know, as we go into part two, we get, or I think it's part three, we get really his teenage years or mm-hmm. part two and three are really his teenage years. And I mean, they're all his teenage years, but you get this almost like from middle school to high school kind of jump. And um, everyone's just labeling him as a weirdo, like a weird kid or a quote unquote monster. And so I do, I found that really interesting. And I found it really interesting how he dealt with it, but didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to deal with things when you don't have emotion, like you don't show emotion. So it, mm-hmm. it really changes it. And so I, that part of the book was, that whole part of the book was really interesting to me because I, this book made me feel so many things mm-hmm. with the, with such a lack of emotion. And mm-hmm. I don't know if someone who hasn't read the book would understand that, but I had very big emotions in this book 
because he had a lack of emotions. And like, mm. there are many times I wanted to jump into the story and like hug him or tell him it was going to be okay, you know, that kind of thing. So mm. I, it's really interesting that this book is a, a lot about someone who doesn't emote the way nor- normal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, regular people do. Um, and then to kind of like make you feel big emotions. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I really did like this book. I would recommend it to a lot of people just because I found it so interesting, um, especially from a writer's perspective, like people that Mm. um, want to write stories like this. I felt like it was written in such like an amazing way, um, Mm -hmm. like we talked about before, the pacing and everything. So yeah, uh, it's it's just really interesting. So uh, on Instagram, I also asked as we ended parts one and two, what or who had stuck out to us the most, like as readers, as we're going through this, Um, So I'm going to read a couple of answers that we got, and then we can just kind of talk about them a little bit. So um, Aslan's song, at Aslan's song, I think that's what it is. Sorry if I butchered that, said it made them realize that there were so many nuances in the written language. When he wanted to do so well in Korean, he couldn't because of the context clues. I felt that was really interesting. What do you think? You think that's true even in the English language right too, right? Yeah, that's interesting that they pointed it like to remind myself of that part of the book and how he struggled with the the language. Yeah, because there was part in the book um and I didn't highlight it, but there was part in the book but where he's like kind of learning sarcasm and I know it's a translation so like I don't know if that's the direct translation but you can kind of get the idea where I think it's him and gone and gone's trying to be like I'm kidding with you, man, like take a joke. And he's like, a what? Like you're doing what? It sounds like you're mad at me. So, or whatever the emotion was at the time. And so it, I would think that learning any language that you can't get that nuance would be very difficult. And it just went to show um, that his struggle was so much more than emotion. You know, he is, that's his native language, yet he does so poorly in it because he doesn't pick up on those context clues. So I just thought it was really interesting to point out. Yeah, that makes me think I was reading some like reviews and just sort of reading about Almond um, over this past few days. And one of the things that came up out of a review was this um, Korean concept called Nunchi, I think is how you pronounce it. Have you heard of this? Um, It's Mm -mm. the ability to listen, engage others' moods. So like basically emotional intelligence but it's a um yeah just like a you study it I'm I mean I don't I don't know the extent of it <laughs> this is me like fumbling through this explanation um but it's just learning how to read other people and their emotions and the concept from what I was reading online was that it's in Korea culture it's to maintain harmony So you're watching other people and their emotions in order to gauge how you should respond in order to have a harmonious relationship. And please correct us if I am misreading this. Um, But to that point of, you know, when you're trying to not only use the language, but then use like body language and tone and connotation from people, um, like those two things were interesting. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I feel like I'm sarcastic. And so I feel like that gets lost in translation sometimes, even for myself. Um, And I'm like a 
really feeling human a lot of emotion. So I can't imagine not being able to understand that. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like not being able to communicate because I take communication for granted so much. So like it, it really hits when I realized that maybe he wasn't able to communicate in the way that he wanted or in the way that he felt was like good for him or felt good mm-hmm. for him, you know, mm-hmm. and that struggle that he had. Um, this is a comment I found that I thought was really interesting. Um, it is from at K drama, cha, cha, cha. And they said, Yunji's mother pushing him to smile as a means of communication, empathy, and connection as a mid forties female. She, um, as a mid forties female, this listener said she would bristle against the insistence from men that women smile. Um, And she took this as men needed us as women to be happy or pretty. But now the listener's wondering if, in fact, it's more of a poorly executed request for connection. What do you think about that? Mm. I thought that was interesting. I remember reading that when, like, when that came up. And I'm just, again, through the, like, lens of culture and the lens of, like, how do we just interact every day as emotionally intelligent individuals, you know, versus how do we respond when somebody tries to make them feel more comfortable through our actions so it probably is if a man were to tell me to smile like I don't need to perform in order for him to be comfortable but I do smile when I'm interacting with friends or people at the grocery store or you know interacting with other people in my life as a way of connecting and creating some sort of like empathetic bond even if just just in the brief moment of like you know this morning I was having breakfast at a restaurant and this woman had three very young kids and they were just kind of having meltdowns and we just like looked at each other and smiled and like what are you gonna do they're toddlers you know it's like I see you I see your struggle I'm sorry that you're having toddlers you know melting down versus you have to smile because you're, you know, like to get super feminist about it, like it is your job to make me more comfortable and to make my life more easy. So yes, I agree with that. I agree with all of that. And I think it's a very slippery slope because I feel like a smile uh, makes the environment more comfortable. Like when I smile, it makes me feel more comfortable. Um, And then I feel like I'm more open and welcoming to whoever's in this situation with me whether I'm in a room full of people I don't know or a room full of people I do know um but it's also as we've learned we're women and anyone that identifies as a woman and or is a woman um and is of a certain age we know that that is a slippery slope because sometimes that comfort or that invitation can invite nefarious things so Mm -hmm. I think it kind of goes on both ends but I think in this situation you know I do think that Yoonjae's mother had it in the best interest that if he smiled, it would be more welcoming. Um, because as I read it in the book, he almost just had like no expression on his face mm-hmm. most of the time because he mm-hmm. didn't know how to express, you know. Um, I mean, there's a part in there where he doesn't even express fear. Um, mm-hmm. and they're pressuring him, like, Gon is like, What's wrong with you? Like, you're not even afraid. Why aren't you afraid? And he basically tells them, Because I 
I can't be afraid. I, I don't know what that is. I know what it means and I know the word for it, but like physically that's not going to happen. So I think mm-hmm. that's just really interesting because I think, yes, in this context, Yunji's mother really wanted him to smile or have a welcoming face um, to put other people at ease um, because of his condition. Whereas, you know, I don't feel like I have to do that if I don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it goes mm-hmm. both ways, like your explanation, but also, you know, how it pertains to the book. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's it's interesting to think about. Um, but again, it can always be kind of a slippery slope mm-hmm. um and then at well, gumball oh sorry oh, go sorry ahead. <laughs> no, go um, ahead. his mom was all about trying to help him live the most comfortable like unobtrusive just going about your day life like she just wanted him to have a good life and to be like to fit in as much as possible is what it felt like in the beginning, like the first part where we're reading about the things that she and his grandma did. So part of that is you smile so people will, you know, be kind to you and do these things because she wanted him to have a good life. Yeah, I agree. And then at Gumball 4 said that because of Yunji's perspective, he may be able to see people better than anyone else because he's not distracted by feelings. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. What do you think about that? Um, I'm envious of him, <laughs> kind of in a way, um, because I know that like in for me in my life, there have been times where I haven't been the best judge of people because mm-hmm. emotions have gotten in the way. Um, and, you know, it's weird to say, like, I'm jealous of that. But as a character um, and taking Yonje as a character, that is something that I think he really did do. I think he was really able to look at someone um, and be a better judge of who they were or know people better just because the emotion wasn't getting in the way. And I think um, that's what I really loved about his quote unquote friendship with Gon, because I think he was the only person who knew there was more going on underneath the surface with Mm. gone and I think he was able to just not be distracted by gone and what because we in the book spoiler alert gone's a bad boy like you know gone's not the best person um but he's had a very tragic life and um I feel like this that Yoonjae is able to be a to see people better than anyone else because he it's not that he's like this is my best friend forever and I don't care what he does he basically in the book is like you've done some really awful things but okay tell me Mm -hmm. more tell me more about you um I want to learn more about you so yeah I think I love that comment because Mm -hmm. I think it made like yes I feel that I feel like he was able to see people better than any I think he would be able to see anyone in his life better than anyone else Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I like that comment. Yeah, me too. I thought it was really yeah, the perspective of it and just that thinking about the story and the people that he um that he comes in contact through the entire book. Um and there are a lot of clues where it the book gives not clues so much, but like he does see people as they really are. 
um, for better or worse, because he doesn't have the filter of emotion. He does not, you know, form some type of like emotional attachment to them because he just, he's not able to. Mm -hmm. So it's just, this is the, this is the person and this is who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did, I thought that was really, really interesting. I think where that's most apparent for me, just like in thinking back about the book, is the relationship with, is it a doctor at the end that like mm-hmm. befriends him? I can't remember. My reading retention is terrible. Um, but just like thinking about how the author wrote their interactions um, and he's not sure what to make of this person and doesn't know like what his intentions are, which is really interesting. Um and having to sort of usually when there's feelings written into a character or a relationship, we as the readers know, you know, like, okay, we're, we're getting hints that this person can be trusted or this person does have you Jay's best intentions um, in mind. And I, with the, the writing of Yoon Jay and his interactions with the doctor, um, there wasn't that sense like you 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 were navigating it along with him and taking those things one at a time which is interesting so yeah yeah and I think that kind of leads into this question I had so when we're doing part three and part four on Instagram um I wanted to know what roles Dora and Gon played in Yunji's life um and how did they help with his Alexithemia. Am I saying that right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm um, terrible at pronunciation, so it sounds great to me. <laughs> okay. Sorry to anyone if I'm saying this wrong. Go ahead and just drop us a DM on how I'm supposed to say it. Thank you. Um, but Gumball Four again said um, that in the second half of the book, they got to know Yunji as his friends brought out some emotion of him in him, um, and it was so interesting as he physically described his emotions. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. So I marked in the book where he's talking about um, his emotions. And let me see really quick. So it's chapter 56. And he's talking. Um, actually, it's right. It's at the end of chapter 50, 55. That he says um, that night I couldn't sleep. Scenes kept playing in my head like hallucinations. The waving trees, the colorful leaves and Dora standing there yielding to the wind. I got up and absently walked along the bookshelves. I took out a dictionary and searched it through, but I had no idea what word I was looking for. My body was burning. My pulse beat so loud right below my ears. I could hear my pulse even in the tips of my fingers and toes, which tingled as if bugs were crawling all over my body. It wasn't very pleasant. And I just thought that was such like a... Like what a description of like your first crush. Cause I'm pretty sure that's what he was feeling. He just didn't know it. And I was like, that is so brilliant because that's exactly what it feels like. It is interesting to think things I talk about all the time is like, what do you notice in your body when you feel that emotion? They are connected. You know, when you have an emotion, you're feeling it in your body, whether you realize it or not. So that's interesting. Yeah. And I just thought it, that the comment, was so true because I remember reading that part. Actually, I didn't read that part. I was listening to that part. And as soon as I was listening to what was happening, I was like, oh my gosh, Mm. he's like falling in love with her. He just doesn't even know that's what it is. And he can't look in a dictionary, right? Like you can't look that up. Um, Mm -hmm. Someone can tell you you're falling in love, but 
unless you've ever done it before or, uh, you know, already know what it's supposed to be like, you just wouldn't know. And he didn't have anyone in his life to teach him that right at that age. Um, and it's not to say he didn't love his mother, but like it was different because mm-hmm. that was his mother. And so he just never had like this whole like all encompassing emotion. And then in chapter 56, after that, he does go and have a, a conversation with a doctor and he, the doctor does ask him, like you ask, well, what did your body, what does your body feel like? Explain it to me. And when he tells him that the doctor is like, you're experiencing emotion, like you're mm-hmm. experiencing something. And he is like, but I don't get it. And the doctor is like, well, how do I, how do I explain this to you? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, I really did love that part in the book because I just thought, oh my gosh, like what a great way to like write out what a first crush feels like and that's what it feels like mm-hmm. yeah. okay so I, so here's the part because I remember us talking about this in the group chat mm-hmm. and so let's talk about the violence in the book mm-hmm. because trigger warning this book has a lot of violence in it and it is very in-depth like the explanation or the the picture that it paints it's brutal, mm-hmm. to, in mm-hmm. my opinion, if it's not something that you can handle, if you don't handle that well, um, it's a tri- like trigger warning for this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel about the violence and do you feel like it was necessary to the story? I didn't love it. It's probably one of the reasons why I did not give it a very high review the first time I read this book. I was like, no, I don't like it. Um, and I still don't love it. And I I get it like I understand on an intellectual level why it's there and I know what you know like to some level what the author is trying to do I just think that that doesn't always have to be the way that people learn grow and arguably he learned and grow because of his friendship with Gon and Dora like you know and his mom and grandma so they were just as much a part of his growth as the violence I also am very sensitive to violence so like uh no no more i also know from reading a lot of korean literature that it's very much a part of korean literature there's in all of the books that i have read um in translation are very violent and beautifully written violence which is an interesting juxtaposition i think that it also is for me a chance to to just read a different voice and to read a different tone Um, And it doesn't mean I'm always going to love it, but I do like learning and I do like new perspectives. I thought it was really interesting when you put that in the group chat um, because I did notice the violence. I'm I'm not going to say I'm not. It's not that I'm sensitive to violence or I'm like not sensitive to violence. Um, I don't do like gore. I don't do zombie movies. I don't do stuff like that. This in this instant for this book, it didn't bother me only because I felt like the violence was another character in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt like the violence that takes place, even from the very first few chapters, I mean, it does open up with a violent situation and kind of how he deals with it as a as a child. Um, You know, from the very beginning, I felt like that it was just another character in the book and it was just another vehicle for like his story like to tell his story in a way Mm -hmm. um so it didn't I wouldn't say that it it was like that it bothered me or anything like that it just to me um 
it, I don't, I don't even have the right word for it. I wasn't shocked, but I was like, oh my gosh, like, mm, this is very graphic to me. Like the way that it was written, um, that, that, you know, there's talk about like blood splatter. There's talk about like how someone is attacked and how someone mm-hmm. is beaten or, you know, that kind of thing. And so to me, those are the parts that kind of stuck out where I was like, oh, I'm getting this firsthand account almost as if I'm watching it in a show or on, you know, TV or in a movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I did understand why it was there. And I did, for me anyway, personally, the violence was just another character that I was watching um, and how they influenced Yoongi's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of how I, I dealt with the violence. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's interesting and I have not read any other um, Korean literature that's been translated. I am excited to do so. Um, but that'll be, I think that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, like listening to you talk about how the violence was another character. It makes me think of when the violence was used in his life. So we, the first like violent thing is when his mom and grandma are, um, attacked and his grandma is actually it's even oh no before the, that. yeah it's before that because yeah, when of he's the really little yeah oh I forgot about that part that one was that one was rough there's a few things that I fast forward through in this book yeah um, just thinking about those like pivotal moments in his life and how the author used violence to um to mark time for him and mark significant events, which is interesting. Um, because again, I think there's probably other things, but eh, neither here nor there. <laughs> and I don't disagree with you. There were other ways that, you know, we probably could have got there for his story, right? Mm-hmm. Yoonji's story. We probably could have got there in different ways, but I did think it was really interesting how he, the way it was used to really show Um, especially for people like myself, I did not know what this was called. Like, um, you know, this, uh, I did not know that that's what this was called, the alexemia. Um, I didn't know it had a name. And so it was really interesting for me to see it through the narrator's eyes, like Yunji's telling his story, that he went into this convenience store and was like, hey, there's a fight. And then the guy that works there is like, yeah, okay, I'm watching the show. And so because he cannot express fear, anger, excitement, Mm -hmm. anything like that, it kind of just gets swept under the rug. So that was in the beginning to me, that was just like a really good example of how he is not like when we talked earlier about context clues and like nuances, he was not able to convey that at all. And so Mm -hmm. I think that that was really interesting. I think as he got older, there were different ways. You know, he um, gets in a fight with Gon. And one of the biggest things about that fight, sorry, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read the book. um, When he gets into that fight, the real thing, the real reason why Gon is mad is because he's not afraid and he's not fighting back. And he's not even like really crying out in pain. He's just kind of taking it. And for Gon, at that point in Gon's life, the his real power play is that people either fear him or stay away from him or in, are intimidated by him. 
And Yunji is none of those things because mm-hmm. it's physically impossible for him to be those things. So I think it's like what you said, it's really interesting and there are other ways to do it. Um, but I think because of the pacing of this book, um, we got so many instances of violence to like really push that story ahead because it does, it marks time, but it also marks how he is evolving um, Mm -hmm. in his own self as a person, as a human um, that deals with this lack of emotion. So yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, that's really interesting. Um, We did get some good feedback um, on Instagram with this question. So I'll read a couple of them at Noel Gertis said, I do feel the violence was integral to the story because isn't that the evidence of being a monster? And like you were talking about earlier, you know, you said that, you know, there's all these other things going on. There's all these violent things going on yet. We're calling him the monster, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about the monsters that are doing these things. So I think that's really interesting. Um, at gumball four said gone and his violence is not from lack of emotion for others. It's because of an excess of emotion. And I thought that was really interesting. Interesting. Excess of emotion or inability to express emotion. Like he couldn't express the emotions in in a healthy way because of his dad. And so like he didn't have any other, like that was his, like you said, that was his power play is to use his emotions in that way. Um, and yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, I thought, I yeah, I thought it was really interesting too. And I think it was his, like excess of emotion even I felt the frustration that he had um there's a scene in the bookstore with Yunjae and he is trying to almost like be friends with Yunjae and but he wants to be friends with Yunjae Yunjae in the way that he has traditionally been friends with people mm-hmm. and that's not something that Yunjae is po- like can do right he, mm-hmm. it's not possible for him to be a friend in that way and so you can hear through the narration and through the way the story is told at, like Gon's frustration like he's getting very mad he's like starting to throw things or like destroy things which is what he does um mm-hmm. when he can't express emotion which is like funny now that I think about it because Gon is very much like a toddler slash teenager um because <laughs> I've had both and like you know toddlers they talk about terrible twos and that's great and it's because they can't communicate very well. You know, they mm-hmm. they don't have language yet. And when they do, it's like very confusing. Sometimes they name things, different things, just because it's easier that way. Um, and so they get really frustrated and they tend to act out or throw themselves on the ground or, you know, throw things or whatever. But then now that I'm entering the life of being a mom to teenagers, teenagers have such an excess of emotion. They do the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and it just comes out different. They're crying or screaming or, you know, jumping up and down because they just can't get their point across because there's just so much emotion like bubbling up in them. So I think like both are true. (laughs) Now Mm -hmm. I look at gone a little bit different. Like, you know, he missed out on, I feel like he missed out on what I believe would have been a really loving family, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. um, because of like his tragic backstory and Mm -hmm. then to see what could have been. Um, and then he never gets that connection with his dad. 
Um, and so I just feel like, yeah, he was really carrying around a lot of emotion, but like you said, he just didn't know how to express it in a way. (laughs) He just, the expression of it. He really needed (laughs) someone like you, Allison, to say, how does this make your body feel? Right. What are we feeling? (laughs) What are our coping strategies? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Aslan's song at Aslan's song again um, said that they felt the violence was not just for the sake of violence. Um, they said, but to contrast the lack of emotion versus the excess of emotion, it broke my heart when gone had gone th- through what gone had gone through and his dad tried to fix what he thought was the problem instead of just talking to him, mm-hmm. which I thought was very on like that's on point mm-hmm. like. That's very mm-hmm. true. Um, yeah. And I had replied back and said that um, I just really loved Gone as a character. Um, and I just could feel his potential under the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like he really wanted to be a good friend. He really wanted to be a good person. He really wanted um, not to be the way that everyone thought he was. Like mm-hmm. like how he had um, expressed himself in the past. He just didn't know how to do that and that's like Mm -hmm. I really feel like he could have used Allison in his life to like (laughs) help him Mm -hmm. become the human that he really wanted to be and I think that there's some promise to that um by the end of the book um but you know unfortunately the gone the character um Mm. is has a tragic backstory and he is a very Mm. like almost broken character because he does have an excess of emotion he just doesn't really know what to do with yeah yeah. yeah. So the the reviews that I was reading, which okay, hilarious on Goodreads. If you read through the reviews, like fifty percent of them are army being like, "I'm reading this because Yungi read it in the same." And it. I was like, "Amazing, army just out there <laughs> talking about books. It's fantastic." Um, but another theme for the people who liked the book, um, gave it, you know, a, maybe in the three to five star range said it was very hopeful I I didn't read this book and be like well that was really hopeful like um so I just thought that was interesting I didn't I mean obviously the end very much lends itself to that like you do you know see the fruition of all the growth and you know like the relationships that he's been developing throughout the book um but I didn't end the book and being like that felt hopeful there was a hopeful tone in it um and again you know just trying to be mindful of cultural context and the fact that you know I don't have a really deep understanding of Korean culture um and so probably through my lens um that's my perspective and just wanting to gain a different perspective and different understanding and um, just widen my knowledge. Because I have a book in front of me, I looked at, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the epilogue to just sum it up without reading all of it. Yunjae is saying that he is looking forward to his 18th spring. He's turning 18 and he says, I've graduated from high school and I become what you call an adult. And as he goes on, he is expressing that he's really looking forward to moving on, moving forward, confronting his future. 
and that he doesn't know what's going to happen. But no one can ever know if a story is going to be happy or tragic. They just know that there's going to be a story. And he's the last line is, and however much I can feel, nothing more or nothing less. So I think that might be why the reviews were like, oh, it's so hopeful because at the end, we've, you know, by the end of the book, Yoonjae is not alone. Um, he's not going to be alone. He has grown in a way that while he may not be expressive or express emotions in the way that we're used to, he is still able to make connections with people. He was able to make connections with the doctor, with Gon, with Dora. Um, and so I think that's why it has that like hopeful tone because mm -hmm. we get after all the violence, right? Because the book almost like the last part of the book ends with like a very violent um, scene, violent situation. And after all of that, you know, to come out of that and to be able to say, I'm looking forward to, I'm almost excited about what's to come. I think that might be why um, mm -hmm. they had a feeling of hopefulness mm -hmm. um, after the book. Mm -hmm. And also, as you said before, I just think it's great that we're being inspired to read um, mm -hmm. from our favorite K-pop band. So, you know, anytime we can do that, that's that's fantastic. I think it's funny that people were like, this is the only reason why I'm reading this book. Right, right. Don't I, out yourself, I guys. Picked this up. I picked this up because Yungi was reading it in the soup. Valid. I mean, literally. Would I mean, be valid. Sure. If that's what you, <laughs> yes, if that's what you want to do. Fine. I will say, like, there are books on my book list that I would have never read that I'm like, right. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna check that out. I want to know why. Um, I thought what was interesting when we were talking about um, starting the book club that you had said that you had read that Almond was said to be a very popular novel for women in their forties, and so I thought we could talk about that really quick as we are two women in our forties. <laughs> I couldn't remember if Leah found that. Um, I think his name was Leah. Or me, because I had put in our doc just information about the books that we were going to be talking about. And so I couldn't remember if that was her or me. Yeah, I have no idea. Completely blown away by this. I, I don't doubt that this book is good. And I can see the beautiful writing. And I liked I liked it. But I don't know that it was of my group of 40 year old, you know, friends that I would be like, Hey, you guys should read this. I think you'll really enjoy it. I just don't understand what about the book appeals to that specific population. But you know, that's okay. The article that I found was from one of the Korean K-pop sites, I think it was, mm. I can't remember which one it was, that reported that statistic like I kind of had to go through a couple links to find it um, and it was from 2021 and so my hot take on it is it's older army they were oh. like let's go buy the book guys that's the only thing I can think of but also I was to be more serious about it I was trying to find out if they had a percentage of that like you know this is so popular with women over 40 or women in their 40s to find out what part of that was mothers, because as a mother, this book really did resonate with me as a mom. And I read mm -hmm. the uh, the um, author's note in the back about when she was writing this up late nights with her daughter and like mm -hmm. basically thinking like I'm here with this stranger. And that really resonated with me. I, you know, um, 
my first year with my oldest daughter was very difficult. Um, she wasn't a sleeper. I'm a sleeper. It's <laughs> like just really hard to get through. But there is this point where you do like kind of look at, I would look at her and be like, I don't know you at all. Like I, you're a stranger mm-hmm. to me almost. So I think like the conversation in the book or the the storytelling in the book about Yoonji's mother and the lengths that she went to, to really, like I said before, get to know her child and the lengths that she went to, to make sure that by the time they got out there in the world, that they were uh, a person, like, un- like you said, they just wanted to live a good life. I want you to have a good life without strife, without difficulty. And this is how we have to do it. This is how I have to teach you to do it. So I, I mm. looked and I couldn't find any statistic on like how many of those 40 year olds were moms, but I would, would kind of wonder if that was what was appealing um, was the storytelling of the mom and even the grandmother perspective in it. Mm. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, the that's other interesting part, perspective. Yeah. Just because like, that's the part that kind of stuck out to me. Like when I heard it was like 40 year olds, I was like, Oh, I wonder how many of them are moms because mm-hmm. there's this whole part, you know, the mom, mom character, his mom plays a big part in this book. Even, you know, when she's not totally in the book, she's still playing a part in this book. And so mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. Kind of to wrap up, my last question is, why do you think that this was a popular book between the members? Mm. I mean, obviously, we're just speculating. We don't know the members. Yeah, we have no idea. <laughs> opinions. These are opinions. But I th- my impression is that Nam June sort of leads the okay, hey, we're gonna I'm reading this. You should read this. He I feel that he is constantly putting books in the hands of the members and being like, this is really interesting. So I think just knowing that maybe Nam June had read this book and was like, hey, this is really interesting. I think he's just fascinated by what makes us human and how our emotions impact that. Um, and I think that looking at it through the lens of that concept of Nucci or I'm to- probably horribly um, mispronouncing it, that like ability to read other people's emotions and how that is something that is important in Korean culture. Emotions are just constantly sort of on the mind and how we're interacting with each other. Um, and so I think that is why it's popular because they, I think they just think about that all the time as members and navigating their place in the world and how unique. And they're the only seven people in the world who understand their status and trying to navigate their relationships with others, with themselves, um, with the other bandmates, their family. Um, I can see how, reading this book would sort of open the conversation for that. I agree. And I, I also would add just that, like I said, like I have said before, only cause I'm like really fascinated by it, the relationship or friendship, quote unquote friendship that Gon and Yoon Jae have is really interesting because it's built on conflict. Um, mm. It's built like on, you know, Gon really saying, I don't like you. I don't like anything about you. You ruined my life, basically. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that is something that runs through the rampant and BTS at all. I mean, they really have a love for each other. But I think that the lesson on different personalities and how people 
emote or love differently. To me, that stuck out that lesson of, you know, we're all different. We all have different love languages. We all have different ways that we communicate. And I think that's kind of, to me, when I read this book, when I ran into those instances, or I was reading those instances, I thought, oh, this makes sense to me. Um, because you're never going to have total harmony with seven people mm-hmm, with seven mm-hmm. different personalities. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of, hopefully a lot of counseling and therapy that went into the group. Um, but also just that conflict management, you know, when I mean, we've joked about the dumpling incident, we've joked about like different, you know, mm-hmm. things that they've run into. But to me, when I read that relationship and how they go from it's not like really enemies because Yoon Jae doesn't understand that he's an enemy, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. how that whole relationship grows from like a really dark place to then almost like a really, I mean, it is a light place. Like it, as by the end, gone is someone who's going to be in his life for forever at this point. And so I just, I thought that was interesting and I could see the appeal of learning how relationships like relationships like that work. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like you said, like we know anything about BTS is they are very committed to resolving conflict and talking things out. I'm sure many of us have seen that video of V and Jin talking through a really difficult topic. And honestly, it brings me to tears watching them communicate so well and articulate their emotions and say their perspectives like it is such healthy communication that they exemplify and I think that because they have the leader that they do thank you RM like because of just who they are as individuals like it's really it feels again interpretations but it feels like they were committed to making themselves work as a team, that they were all there for the team and how to navigate those relationships. Yeah, I totally agree. And the, and while you were talking, it reminded me of something. I feel like this is the, um, I read this, I read Almond and then I read Haiku for mm. February that we're currently in. And I'm reading, I want to die, but I want to eat tteokbokki. Um, which is another one on his list. And all of these books so far really deal with the human condition, Um, Mm -hmm. just being a human, feeling, emoting. And I feel like so far, and we'll see what happens next month when we read the next month's selection for March, but I feel like we're like, I'm getting a lesson into like what goes in the mind of a leader. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel almost like he read these and went, oh, I can apply this. I can, you know, use this as a guide for this or how I deal with this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I just think that that's really interesting, especially like, as we've discussed in this space before, you know, just the responsibility that he's had um, for 10 mm-hmm. years to be a leader from a very young age, you know, yeah. um, and he was a baby, he was a baby, 20 yeah. years old, right? Like, that's how I was well, it's it's like almost 20. Yeah, ni- I think he was 19. So, yeah, yeah. and so just these, yeah, just these insights, you know, because I feel like books say a lot about a person, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I read a lot of different things. And so when people are like, oh, 
what do you suggest? What do you feel like? But sometimes mm-hmm. you can, a book can really affect you or you can really love a book. And I feel like it does say a lot about your personality, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so not that these are just calling out his personality in general, but I feel like there's a reason why these books do get popularity because it's not like he's reading and eh, just, you know, I just want to entertain myself and read. A lot of times they are very entertaining and they're great stories, but they also, it'll resonate with you. And I mm-hmm. feel like this, that almond really resonated with me, um, but differently from you, but it does resonate with me. And it, mm-hmm. it is a book that will stick with me for a while. And so I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, this was fun. Next was so month, fun. like you said, we're reading Haiku, which was, mm-hmm. I finished that today and it was really, I really, really liked it. I thought it was fantastic. I did too, but like, it's a series and I really thought that it was a series that was going to end. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I could pick up the next book. Now I have to pick up the next book because it just kind of ended. I was like, wait, this is it. 45 books later, Megan comes out of the... I was like, oh no, what have I done? (laughs) Have you posted discussion questions about that one yet? I can't remember. No, I will tomorrow. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll do another snack.